Hello, and welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we uh, are going to continue tonight a series that we started last week called Make Yourself at Home. Um, And in this series, we're talking about the importance of being um, well established and rooted into Christ. And I've been sort of using, we're using this verse in John 15, 7 through 9. This sort of the foundation. I want to read it to you again. It says, but if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes or fruit, when you mature as my disciples. I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. And that's sort of what we're talking about in this series, making ourselves at home in his love. And, and we're, we're talking about um, then the importance of being rooted into or abiding in Christ so that we might produce fruit. And we have to have strong roots in order to produce good spiritual fruit. And we, we've talked about that fruit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, which are the things that should be developed in our lives as we mature. But these roots have to be tended to. Without a good root structure, if we're not really making ourselves at home in the Lord, we will never develop this sort of fruit. And so, so we have to have good, fruit, uh, good, good roots in order to get good fruit. And I talked last week, uh, we talked about the first root that we have to have in place, which was the root of thankfulness. The root of thankfulness. And uh, how important it is for all of us to develop the attitude of, of gratitude, if you would, to, to really work on thankfulness. That, that's something that we can do. And I, I suggested last week, I don't know how many of you tried it, that you start every day before you get out of bed thinking of five things that you're thankful for. And if you tried it, I bet it made a little difference in your life. And, and something you have to keep reminding yourself to do because it, it takes a while to build a habit. But if you start every morning before you do anything else, just five things that you're thankful about, it will change the way that you look at the day. And so we have to start there. And then if you were here last week, you know I also introduced a brand new ministry that I'm going to be talking about uh, in the weeks ahead. I feel it's a real direction for us as a church. And that was the ministry of encouragement. And I said that this is a ministry that absolutely everybody can be involved in. That is very biblical, and I will lay out all the foundations for it in in the next series that we do. And that to get it started, what we were going to do was twofold. Um, We're really going to work on being less critical. And part of that is by being thankful. And that we're going to look every day for two people that we can encourage. And and we're we're going to actively get involved in praying and asking God to show us who we need to encourage. And that, that he will put those people in our path or that we'll think about them and we'll encourage them with phone calls or with text messages or on Facebook or whatever it looks like. Write them a letter, whatever. But you will, you will think about ways to get outside yourself and encourage at least two people every day. And that my, my feeling is if we'll really grab a hold of it and if everybody will decide, you know, that's a ministry I absolutely can get involved with, that we'll have a significant impact um, right in this area. Because... Um, I characterize the world that we live in as being sort of grumpy. Um, and, and we might live in a less grumpy area than a lot of places, but, but still, there's a lot of grumpy folks out there. And you can find them anywhere you go. And so we, we look for ways to encourage people, at least two people a day. And, and encouragement, like I said, could be a kind word. 
could be listening well, could be all sorts of things. And we're going we're gonna to define that further uh, as we go in the next series. But, but I wanted everybody to get started. And, and so I hope that you've begun the process. And if you've missed a day or two, pick it up now and start trying to think. Two people every day you can encourage. And then do that. Now, in, in conjunction with this, another route, because really we have to be at home in Christ to be able to take on the ministry that he has for us, even the ministry of encouragement. A, another route that we really have to have uh, established, along with thankfulness, is a route of hope. And I want to talk about hope today and what hope looks like and sort of to make sure that we're all on the same page with what hope is let me let me um say that a lot of times people confuse hope with positive thinking or wishful thinking is what they call it or optimism and let me tell you that that's not what hope is the difference between those things in hope is that that rather than than being limited by positive thinking or wishful thinking or optimism. Hope is a passionate trusting. Hope is a passionate trusting. You may want to write that down as a good definition for you. It's a passionate trusting in the Lord and in a relationship with the Lord. Hope is theological. Um, Those other terms aren't. Those other things are, are not theological terms. But hope absolutely is And it's based on the reality of God and his relationship with us. And so our response, this root, is a passionate trusting in who God is and the promises that he's made. Discouragement, we're talking about the ministry of encouragement. Discouragement comes from putting our passionate trust in something other than the Lord. And whenever you're discouraged, it's because you've gotten off track and you put your passionate trust into something else. And so we've tried lots of things. A lot of us, we put our passionate trust in money and it's failed us. We put our passionate trust in the government and it's let us down. We put our passionate trust in other people and they've let us down because they're not perfect either. But the only place that, that we can find the source of hope is by keeping our passionate trust in the Lord and in our relationship with the Lord. Isaiah 40:31 says, "But those who hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not be faint." And so so he is the source of our hope. He is where we we put our passionate trust is in the Lord. And I want to look just quickly together today at some of the first few verses in first Peter, because these first few verses, the first seven verses are really all about hope and, and what hope looks like. And I want to define hope uh, in these verses, uh, further define it as a passionate trusting. And, and I want you to, to see some of the things that are in these verses. And as I wrote them down, I realized that, that each one of the things we're going to talk about um, has the word me in it. And I know that um, I started thinking, well, is that a selfish thing? And here's what I realized is that um, as I take an inward look and see the, the hope that I have in him because of the promises he has for me, that inward look allows me to ultimately be outward focused. Because once I realize that he's taking care of me, I don't have to be consumed by it anymore. 
And I think that's what happens where a lot of people get stuck. Is they're so stuck on because they're so worried about what's going on with them and they're trying to fix it themselves or take care of it themselves that they never break free from it in order to be focused on other things, on him and on the people that he loves. And so there's something about knowing that he's taking care of us and that our hope is in him that frees us to go and be who he's called us to be, to go and do what he's called us to do, to fulfill the, the purpose we were created for, whatever that was in each one of our lives. And so I want to take this little inward look tonight at these promises so we know why we put our passionate trust in the Lord. And they're very clear, and there's five of them that I want to talk about from these first seven verses in First Peter. And the first one is this. I want you to write it down. Is that God chose me. God chose me. First Peter 1, 2. Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and sprinkled by His blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. See, here's the thing, and we, we have funny terminology, so um, we get confused sometimes, because oftentimes we'll say things like, well, I found Jesus back in so-and-so, or, you know, it was when I got... And the deal is this, that God chose you way before you ever chose Him. God chose you before you chose Him. Your relationship with God is not an accident. He chose you for relationship with Him. He created you to love you and be in relationship with Him. And He wants you to be in His forever family. He chose you. Why is it important to know that? Because there's something that's very settling about being chosen. There's something in it that's very good for you deep down in your soul to, to really be able to absorb the fact that God chose you. And, and the only comparison I can have is this that I can think of. When you were kids and they were picking up sides for teams, which can be a very brutal process, <laughs> but, but, and you have two captains and they start picking people for their teams, right? Didn't it feel good to get picked? If you were picked fairly early. But it felt terrible to, to be not picked. But there was something about being chosen, about being picked, that, was, that, was very, that felt very good. And, and so God chose you. And let me say, too, just as we address it, if that just stirred up something in anybody, that, that whole process of being picked and not being picked and what you felt like, you need to know that God picks you for his team. And you're not the last one. You're, you're, you're the best. He loves you and he picks you. And he chooses you. And you need to allow that to settle in your spirits today. You need to know that, that, that God chose you. And, and because of that, it's one of the things that we can really, that really helps us with our hope. I can hope in him because I know that he chose me. And so, so we have to understand this as part of the process. Second thing I want you to know, that, that God is great in mercy to me. God is great in mercy to me. 1 Peter 1.3 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God gives me. His mercy 
and His grace. And what that means is that His love for me is not based on my performance. It's based on His mercy and His grace. And what it does is it gives me hope to know that even when I mess up, God is still going to be merciful to me. Now, that doesn't mean that I actively want to go out and mess up. It means, it means this to me. I want to try and do the right thing, and sometimes I don't. But, but I know that no matter what, He loves me. And, and He's that merciful, and He's grace, filled with grace. And when I, when I mess up, I can go to Him and say, I messed up, and He loves me. He doesn't beat me up. He doesn't make me feel bad. He doesn't put a guilt trip on me. He loves me. And He says, okay. Come on, just try and do the next right thing. Now I'll help you. I love you. And there's something about that understanding that allows me to put my, my passionate trust in him. Because I can come as I am. Trying to work this thing out, trying to walk this thing out, trying to do this the way I think God wants me to, but knowing I fall short. And yet knowing that he loves me and that he's for me and, and that he, he's, he's going to help me in the process. Third thing is that God promises me an inheritance. God promises me an inheritance. 1 Peter 1.4, And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. See, this gives me hope, because I know that no matter what happens, and no matter how hard things get, God has me in His hands, and He always will. And that that while I don't want to get completely focused on what lies ahead, because um, you ever get so focused on a destination that you don't enjoy the journey? I had to be, um, I, I wrote about that this week in, in a blog. I, took, I went up to Williston this week. And uh, uh, we have a little church that we're starting in Williston. Got some great folks up there. And I try and get up there about once a month. And it's a 465-mile drive. And um, I know it because I've done it a lot of times. And... For years, I would always just try and go the fastest possible way to get up there. I'd leave, and I'd hop on the turnpike, and I'd just barrel up the turnpike. And, you know, I used to see how much, how much, how fast could I cut off some time. You know what I mean? Could I do it in seven and a half hours? Come on. And the problem was, I'd get all, that's all it was then, was this drive. So, so I realized over time, see, that there's more than the destination. The journey is part of the experience. And so lately, I've been getting off the turnpike and going up the back way. And it takes me about an hour longer. But boy, it's way more. There's way more opportunities for all sorts of stuff. There's opportunities for little break times, um, prayer times. You never know who you might run into along the way to minister to. Uh, all sorts of stuff begins to happen because it's not just about where I'm headed. It's about getting there. Now, let me say... That like, after my time up there, when I wanted to come home, I shot back on the turnpike. Because <laughs> then I just wanted to be home. And so there's this, there's this tension, there's this, this thing that we live with as, as Christians. And so, uh, even this promise. See, I, I have this, we all have this amazing promise that we're going to be with him forever. And, and what we're headed for is so much better than what we got. And, and we have moments of really good here, but we have some hard stuff too. So, so the, the times when things are really hard, I can remember what comes up, where I'm headed, and it helps me through. 
And it's not that I want to bail out on what's here. It just is good to know that it gets better than this. And, and that this isn't as good as it gets. And that that lies ahead and it waits for us all. And we'll be with him forever. And there's something about that that allows us to have hope in the most difficult of situations. Because he's, you know, he's, we're going to be with him forever. We're, we're already, we've already begun our eternal lives. We just, you know, we'll transition at some point from, from this to something better. But, but we're in process. And there's something about that that gives me great hope. Fourth thing is that God is watching over me. God is watching over me. First Peter 1 Peter 1.5 Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. God is with me and God is for me. And because of that I don't need to be afraid. I don't need to worry. I can rest in Him. I can find peace for my soul because He's watching over me. Does that mean that everything always goes the way I want it to? No. Does that mean I somehow get some sort of pass on living in a fallen world? No. What it means is I know he's always with me. He's always watching over me. And so I don't need to get all worked up and be fearful about everything that comes up. Because it's not catching him by surprise. He, he's, he's, if you ever have this picture of God kind of walking around in heaven going, Phew, didn't see that coming. It ain't happening. And so he's, he's watching over us. And, you know, we, we experience some hard stuff in life. It's, it's, not, it's not his problem. It's his fault. It's sin. It's the result of sin. It's a bad deal. It's a broken planet, fallen world. But we have something better that comes ahead. But, but in the meantime, I know that God is watching over me. And, and because of that, I have hope that nothing's going to happen that, that he's not fully aware of. And that he's got me. So I have hope. I don't need to be afraid. There's something about that that allows us to step out and do what he calls us to. As long as he's calling us to do it. Because he's watching over us. And the last thing is that God is working in me. God is working in me. First Peter 1, 6 and 7. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by the fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. See, there's something about that that we need to know too because God's working in me. Um, By His Spirit, He is always at work in me. And I can either cooperate with the process or I can fight against it. And I do both um, at different times. But he's at work in my life. And, and the thing about God is that he's able to use everything that happens to somehow prepare me for forever life with him. So, so he can take the most horrible circumstances and he can somehow use them. Now, where a lot of people get confused is they want to blame God for those horrible things, and that's where you get off track. It's not... Um, and, and that goes back to what I've been saying and inferring if I haven't actually said it. When God made this thing, He made it perfectly with no, no problems. And then we chose sin 
And sin ushered in lots of problems. And that's what we deal with. But see, he gave us the choice. People go, well, why would he do that? Because he only wants people that want to be in relationship with him. He chooses us, and he wants us to choose him, too. And, and so it's all about this, this relationship thing. So we have the opportunity to make choices. And we've all made some bad choices. And our bad choices have caused some bad problems. And we, we can almost deal with that. It's harder to deal with the fact that other people's bad choices sometimes cause us horrendous problems. That doesn't seem right or fair, and it's not. But it's part of the condition of living in a fallen world on a broken planet. And yet, what makes it different is somehow God can take it still and use it in, in our forever life. All those things. Always preparing us for, for what's coming. Always settling us in what lies ahead. Always wanting us to trust him more. To learn that we can trust him in every situation. Always wanting us to be closer and closer uh, to him. And, and he's preparing our hearts for this eternal life with him. He's shaping our character. He, he's, he's changing us. He's changing our desires uh, to grow in him and to produce spiritual fruit. And, you know, sometimes when things are, are really at the, what looks like the worst to us, the circumstances are so bad, and we, we often cry out, and ask God to change the circumstances. And, and sometimes he does. But, but I think even more often what he does is he changes us. And, and there's something in that that causes us to grow. And, and we're, we're, we can then trust him even more. And this is all part of the process. We're, we're, we grow in this passionate trusting of the Lord. And that's our hope. And, and hope is something you have to have to survive. Hope is something you have to have to grow. Hope is something you have to have to produce fruit. And so, so we need to know that, that we put our passionate trust in the Lord. And that's where we find life. And so this is a root that we need to sink deeply into the vine of Christ. And so we've got thankfulness now. and We've got hope. And we're going to build on that some more in the weeks ahead. But that's a good start. All right? Thankfulness and hope. Think about those things this week. A little inward focus. Uh, an inward look will help you with an outward focus, and, and uh, that's what it needs to be. And then that outward focus, hopefully, will, will move you right into the ministry of encouragement, thinking about two people every day that you can reach out to and encourage in some way. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, if you're watching on video, thanks for watching. And if you need anything, you can call us or email us, and we'll do what we can. We're going to pray tonight as a group, and then... Uh, We'll go from there. Father, thank you for your goodness to us, for your faithfulness, Lord, that we can put...